TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty-five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty-five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. I'll tell you one thing. I hope we get hotter just to stuff it up them 3,000 people that show up every day. Because if they're the real Chicago fans, they can kiss my right downtown and print it. They're really, really behind you around here. My what am I supposed to do? Go out there and let my players get destroyed every day and be quiet about it for the nickel dime people that show up? The don't even work. That's why they're out of the game. They only go out and get a job and find out what it's like to go out and earn a living. 85% of the world's working. The other 15 come out here. That was 40 years ago this weekend. That was Cubs manager Lee Elia, a former base coach in Philly, who came over as a choice of Dallas Green. And Dallas Green loved Lee Ilya, loved him so much he didn't fire him after that legendary five-minute rant. Um, I learned some more details about this epic and wonderful bit of audio that has been a part of really the zeitgeist of Chicago baseball for 40 years as I read the great column by Mark Carrig, the deputy managing editor of The Athletic, their national baseball writer, um, and, and it was just such a good piece. And Mark joins us right now on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline, Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. I, I learned a lot, and I thought I knew a lot, but there was some great context in there. And I love knowing, first and foremost, Mark, that this rant is as important to some outside of Chicago that it is inside Chicago. <laughs> How could it not be? <laughs> I mean, you played that snippet right there, and – I, I personally think there's a couple of reasons why it's hilarious. Obviously, there's a lot of swearing going on, right? And yeah. that's just always funny. But also, I, and this is what I think drew me to writing this on this anniversary, there's so much about it to appreciate. And, and one of the things is, you know, maybe he could have done it in a more elegant way, but the dude's just sticking up for his players. 
yeah. right? Yeah. And it, that, that's one. And then here's the other thing. And, you know, I'm sure, you know, certainly there's a disheartening situation going on right now on the south side mm-hmm. or whatever. But when a team starts like that, like there's a human part of it. I mean, he was just angry, man. Like he's sick of it. Clubs, be- He thinks the club's better than, than they're playing. And, you know, this is somebody who is just, you know, having a very human moment. So I think, um, you know, that and, of course, there's a lot of swearing. Again, like, there's a lot of reasons why I feel like it resonates, not just in Chicago, but for pretty much anybody who's ever felt mad. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Everybody, anybody who's ever cared about something and it's not going well. Yeah. Well, you know, I think that's why it's, a, it's almost universal to me. It, it, it is. It, it is universal. Um, and it is certainly universal a month into a baseball season when things are impossibly sad and scary, awful. And I, I, I just ranted about the white Sox. I'm not usually a ranter, uh, Mark, like that's, I'm a, I'm a good vibes, babe kind of guy. But when, (laughs) when it's so incredibly obvious and it's a new low at the end of April and you're wondering where you go from here, it's so early. So doesn't it speak to, the the maddening length and mental challenge of a baseball season where there's so much failure and they still have to play 130 more games. That's right. I, that's you, you put it perfectly right there. And I actually was thinking about it this morning. And I, I read our site every morning. And the first place I went was James Fegan's White Sox story yep. from last night, just because you know I know that they're going through it right now. And yeah, like you can even read it in there. Just like there's something that happens early in the year when you had all of this spring enthusiasm, right? Nothing's going to stop you, yada, yada, yada. And then pretty much for the first four weeks, everything goes wrong. Mm -hmm. And when you look at the White Sox and the Cubs in 1983, man, everything went wrong, right? The columnists are blasting the fact that, and you referenced this, Dallas Green and Lee Elia, uh, and their Phillies ties, right? Like the Phillies have been world champs. Obviously, the Cubs looking to sort of bring some of that pedigree over, hire those guys. And now this start happens in 1983, and they're talking about Phillyitis, right? Yeah. Uh, that's Ron, that saves first year as a third baseman after all those years with the Dodgers. And what does he do? I think he was hitting like a buck 76 that day, <laughs> right? Like getting, coming into that game. So, and of course, you get those references in the Rand. So I think when you're in that situation, all the optimism of spring, and then now you got to go face the real world for a while, and it's not going great. I think there is sort of a uh, it's beyond deflating. I think in baseball, right? Yeah. I think, and and I've covered baseball every day. You know, covered three teams eleven years, and so I have seen it. I have been in that room. I've been around it, and yeah, it's um, extremely difficult to process as. The Elia demonstrated to us forty years ago this weekend. Yeah, I mean, every, every once in a while, it you, you you might just explode. You know, I'm thinking about so many things. I'm thinking about was it was it Hal McRae who, who broke a bottle in his office one time in Cincinnati? Mm-hmm. Right? It's like there's so many different different examples of the manager just being like, "What the hell am I supposed to do?" This one just happened to be recorded in a time when things were not very often recorded and that that's where yeah. that's where our guy Les Grobstein comes in the the amazing uh good fortune to be there with his recorder and working for a million places as he always did 
And, uh, and, and so I, I love how much you reference him. And, and w- our listeners know about all that context. So we don't have to delve into it more because we've done it a lot um, when we lost the Grobber, especially. Um, but I want to go back to something you said about, about Dallas Green. And now that I'm thinking, and it still it relates to the White Sox. It relates to every organization. Cubs went out and got somebody smart from somewhere else. And go ahead, fix us, would you? And Dallas did a lot of amazing things with the Cubs. He brought that organization forward. I just ranted about the White Sox. They don't go out and get smart people from other organizations. That's not what. That's they, they don't think that's a good idea. They just stay in a house and kind of uh, you know shuffle around and, and give the next guy a chance. Good luck, Chris Getz. Um, you're, you're coming up, but um, but so t- tell us, remind the listeners of the detail of how Ilya. Two more incidents before he got fired. This was not enough to get fired. How did he survive? And what were the other two incidents? Yeah, so I think you. It's funny you mentioned that, right? Like when you hire somebody and you kind of bring your own people, and I think this happens in pretty much every industry. Those folks sort of get a little bit more leeway than somebody else would. And so with Lee Elia, right? Like we just talked about him sticking up, sticking up for his players. But remember, this is 1983, and this is a time where, I mean, a manager would just kind of throw a player under the bus, you know? Like, they, they would go up there, and, you know, it's not like that now, right? A player could go out there and, and, and be horrific, and the manager's making excuses for him and defending him. And so when there's even a little bit of it, like we saw last night with Sox, right, where a guy gets pulled from a game, it becomes this big, massive deal. Well, with Lee Elia, stuff like that was going on, it seemed like, all the time. And so, you know, he had had a, a run-in with Bill Buckner, who at the time was one of the better players on the team. And this was uh, the year before 1983, like the, the, their first season there together. So, and then, you know, obviously you've got the rant, which we're here talking about. Well, a month after that, Lee Elia gets into a confrontation with a television cameraman um, who'd come into the office. The manager had asked him to leave a couple times, um, you know, and, uh-huh. and you know, the, the, the cameraman – uh, didn't take the hint, and it turns into a shoving match, right? So that's that's strike two. Yeah. Now strike three, and this is the one that got him. Is they're playing Atlanta, and there's a rookie they've just called up, Gerald Perry, and Dallas Green, as is, you know, standard with every organization, even back then. You know, there's scouting reports out there, right? And and they were shared with the coaching staff. Well, Perry wins the game for Atlanta, and afterward. Lee's asked about it, and the manager goes, well, our coaches don't scout the International League. We didn't know anything about him. And that is that was it, right? Dallas Green sees that, and, and he pulls the plug. That, that, he had seen enough. But, yeah, it's kind of amazing that it took a scouting report yeah. blow up for this to happen. I mean, I don't know. If you guys haven't heard the rant, you probably have, but it's fun to just sit, sit there and count how many cancelable world, words there are. In that <laughs> well, yeah, right? like, you're, you're totally right. And it's kind, of, it's kind of beautiful, in my opinion, frankly, that it took a, a disconnect in the operation. It took like what we know happens all the time, a front office and a coaching staff not quite being on the same page. Well, you can't have that because we're trying to win here. And, oh, by the way, you can't say it publicly and expose that disconnect either, Lee. Mm-hmm. Like, that, that's, that, that's kind of beautiful in, 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 in its own way because all the dude was doing was sticking up for his players in a really hilarious way. Uh, yeah, right. Like, that's, I mean, the, again, the leeway granted there, it, it's, <laughs> 
You know, I, I, I will say what was funny, man. Like, so I looked at one of the comments of the story yesterday, yeah. and Bob Ibach gets in there. Wow, that, All right, that's, the PR the, man that's the, the PR time. guy for the PR guy for the Cubs at the time. I'm so glad. So, what did he say? What did the PR guy and say? He was he was explaining his thought process. You know, as like. And he kind of, in the comment, right, he's walking through that day. It was great. And it, it basically calling that, like, snap press conference and kind of getting in front of it. Um, it was just, like, a really cool snippet of sort of old-school media. And, you know, and we were talking earlier about the ways to appreciate it. That's one of the ways I appreciate it, you know? Like, I, I mean, again, I covered the sport for a really long time, and, you know, I did it in a very different era. So kind of getting this feel for how the world worked in 1983 hmm. is super cool. Like, I mean, you know, there, there weren't that many reporters in that room at mm-hmm. that time. Mm-hmm. And I think part of the reason that the manager is like saying these things is comfort. He probably saw who was in there, the robber included, right? Yep. Um, you know, the, the three newspaper writers. These are folks who are around a lot. Yeah. I think that's actually one thing that, you know, I broke in early enough to remember what that was like where you'd go into a manager's office and there might not be any recorders out, right? And it's yes. just you and a couple other writers and there's a familiarity, there's a trust. There's, you know, and believe me, I'm not saying that they're all as colorful as how Lee phrased it, but I mean, I don't know. I, I've heard managers just sort of lose it. And, and like, the, you know, there's sort of that human element of it where, hey, you know, not all of this needs to get out there, right? Like sometimes a guy just needs to pop off. And sometimes these reporters just need to hear it and kind of put it where it needs to be. And sometimes that doesn't mean sharing it, right? Yeah. So it's a different time. And obviously, that's not the world we live in now, no, by it, and large, it, right? No, it, it isn't, Mark. There's so many good points in there. And the, the other thing is that we're so used to, like, the ebb and flow of these things feeling contrived. Like, oh, I, even when Lou Pinella was here and Lou Pinella would go off and get kicked out of a game and throw a base, I'd be like, boy, it has the feel of him doing that because he knows he's supposed to be the guy that does that. You know what I mean? Where, so, like, this extra level of self-consciousness, this dude was just, he just exploded. And his players heard about it, of course, because there were some reporters there. And then they know that the guy's got his back. It's funny because a, a friend of mine is reminding me as we're talking that following the tirade, the Cubs were eight games over 500 for a couple of months. And by early July, they were one game under 500. They actually responded. If you look at the standings, which is kind of, kind of hilarious. And who knows if one is directed to the other, but a manager exploding like that can have a positive effect. Um, There's so much. I'm really enjoying the conversation with Mark Carrick from the athletic, but you mentioned the disheartening situation. It's unbelievable. It really is. It's a disheartening situation we're in right now. It's a disheartening effing situation we're in right now. And as you point out, my God, I mean, Paul Konerko, A.J. Pruszynski, millions of people use that. Have you used that in your regular life, talking to other writers when you're sitting in a press box? Oh, God, more times than I can count. More times than I can count. Like, I mean, it's just that story dropped and, you know, my phone's blowing up and it's other writers, you know, recounting times like someone's used that line in a certain situation. And, you know, gosh, the story starts with me as, as you know, I was a, a Cub reporter, man, freshman year of college, and some coach airs me out because they asked about them getting smoked in a game. Yeah. And, and so my professor plays that tape and, and without context. Love and it. he goes at the end of it, hey, you're going to cover the major leagues? You got to learn how to stand up to that. Love that. Love that. Right. Te- love that teaching move. By the way, absolutely love totally. that. Totally, he was right. You know, I've been aired out. You know, I've like had conflicts with people, 
And, you know, it helped me as a reminder that, yeah, these are human beings. Things are going to happen. Mm-hmm. No need to take it personally, but also do your job. Don't back down from the question. Yeah. Right. So I think, yeah, it was a, it's a good reminder. And, oh, yeah. I mean, gosh, I had friends texting. You know, of course, I got taught that. And what do you think I did? Every time I had a cub report, I was like managing or editing or whatever, working with, and they went through that. What do you think I pulled out? Ah, uh, there it okay. is. That, that's, yeah. that's the immortality of it right there. That's how you pass it. You pay it forward. And then, and then this from the rant about throwing the ball and hitting the ball. They talk about the great support that the players get around here. I haven't seen it this the name of the game is hit the ball, catch the ball, and get the job done. So you hit the ball, you catch the ball, you get the job done. I wonder, I kind of want to ask um, the the writer of, of, of Bull Durham if he was influenced at all. This is a simple <laughs> game. You throw the ball, you hit the ball, you catch the ball. You got it! Right? I, I, I want to know if Ron Shelton, he, he had to know that rant. It, it might be in there, mixed in. Where, where was this when I was working on the piece? <laughs> I didn't know you were working on it, Mark. Helpful after, bro. Come hey. on. <laughs> That's a great point. That's a, you know what? And this is the thing about this rant. Like, you know, you, you keep unwrapping it like a little puzzle and a gift comes out. Yes. Right? Like that, that sometimes, like, and you said it, man. I'm ta- we're talking to an audience right now that has surely heard this. Yet my favorite thing was learning something different about it. So, like, you know, for instance, with a story like this, you know, it's been written about a million times. So as a writer, the challenge is how do you write something that stands out from the fact that it's been written a million times? Well, here's one. Yeah, it was written a million times, but, you know, it's all dispersed. You know, you have, like, dozens of stories about this, and each one of them might have this nugget. And that was written years ago. People don't remember that. So what do you do? You try to put it in all in one place. Yeah, man. I think I tried to do that. And then, you know, you, then you try to report it out. You add other elements to it. So, you know, I, I talked to a couple of the writers who were in that room and, and you know, and, and folks that really didn't talk about it all that much to the years, especially compared to the Grover, right? Because he had been sort of the unofficial keeper of this. And it's part of why it lives, because he embraced it so much. It had so much fun with it. It was wonderful. Yeah, it's awesome. But yeah, there are also other voices who haven't talked about it very much. So I thought it was important to get those guys. So yeah, you know, Joel Beerig and, and Don Frisky, right? Like that was great. These, these two old school writers, like walking me through it. And so, look, again, part of why I appreciate it is, you know, I like talking to those guys. You know, I've sat in that chair. I've been on the other side of that too. So hearing their memories of that day um, and what they saw from just like another reporter standpoint was super cool. So, yeah, it, it's every time you look at it a little bit closer – it's almost like there's something else where you're like, oh wow, I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Yep, you know? yep, absolutely. And well, you've done it. You got all the stuff there together, and maybe I'll comment with the Bull Durham thing so it can live there, and I'll just, I'll just add that on. <laughs> um, great, great, great stuff, Mark. A pleasure to talk to you. And uh, really, this was about journalism and anger and baseball and teaching and and uh, everything else. So have have a good Sunday, and I appreciate the conversation very much. Yeah, thanks for having me. You got it. That's Mark Kerrig from the Athletic. It is six seventy. The score. It is Matt Spiegel, who you are with right here. This has been Hit and Run. we got a few more minutes, and I want to talk a little bit about what happened uh, with the Cubs yesterday and because we have brunch with the Cubs coming up in a matter of moments, and Zach Zabin will be here with your pregame, 
And then it'll be Pat Hughes and Ron Santo with the finale in Miami for an early start. This is your only local broadcast for the day. And that pregame coming up at 1030. What we did have, though, yesterday, last night, amidst a very interesting game that showcased homers from Patrick Wisdom, homers from a homer from Cody Bellinger, um, a Cubs offense fighting to come back from a 5 nothing deficit and doing a pretty darn good job, not quite finishing it off a couple times with the bases loaded once they got two runs, and that kind of felt disappointing because they had been the earlier bases loaded situation where they got nothing. Some sloppy base running that went on from the Cubs that needs to be dealt with. It's one of 162, and we know that overall they're trending in a really positive way. It's unbelievable. It really is. It's a disheartening situation we're in right now. I don't know if that's true, Sean. You, uh, man. Come on, man. It's it's one game. You're still over 500. It's the end of April. You take this first month 10 times uh, out yeah. of 10. First year. Yesterday was just super frustrating because it was like they could have won this game six times. Yeah, they had a bunch of times to try and win it. There's some good players on that Miami team. There really is. First of all, Edvard Cabrera is a beast. Dude, just at 17 to 22 batters I think he faced? Yeah, he's, he is an absolute beast. He's part of what I've talked about many times before with Sandy Alcantara, now Pablo Lopez. They are a power changeup machine. It's is it a fastball? Is it a changeup? It moves like a changeup, but it's he throws like it at ninety-two. It's insane. It's insane. And they've got a bunch of guys with them. They're really good at teaching it. So, but the story of the game was Caleb Killian getting absolutely destroyed in inning one and just being wild, just emotionally not being able to do it. Um, just everything was up. He hit one guy. He hit two guys. I think he might have did. He literally had a Bull Durham moment where he threw it to the first row behind uh, behind the catcher. I mean, it was it was it was brutal. Here's uh, David Ross talking about Caleb Killian, who put them in a in a massive hole. And look, you can talk about all sorts of things. Whether Ross should have put him back out there for the second that worked. Whether you know whether it should have been somebody else for the spot start. Whatever, but here, here's Ross talking about Caleb Killian. Uh, that he's not ready. Yeah. So got, so got, so got learning to do. So got, um, so need some seasoning. Here's Caleb Killian talking about how he didn't completely suck. Um, I think it's huge because now there's something to take away, something to learn from. Um, I didn't just go out there and completely suck. I, at least I turned it around a little bit. Um, so there's some good takeaways. Didn't oh. completely suck. Oh man. Good for you, Caleb. It's baseball, man. You got to try and spin it positive some some way. He get, went back out, gave him a better taste in his mouth when he gave up two hard singles and then a hard double play ball. I like. I got to give him credit. He came out even after his debut last year. Came out and was like, "Yeah, you know, uh, I'll, I'll hopefully I'll figure this out." Like, stays positive, but man, yeah, this is brutal. Look, I, I've gotten excited about Caleb Killian at different points along the way when he was traded for. He was part of the Chris Bryant deal with Alexander Canario. During his development, when he was called up last year, I was at that game on a Saturday night against the Cardinals. You and I both, yeah. Yeah, for his debut. Um, But it has been very disappointing, and I don't know if he's going to ever get there to MLB quality pitcher. Like, it's sometimes when you try to improve a guy's stuff through the various ways that they do, and you always must do it with pitch design, with mechanics, with the pitch lab, with everything – Certain body types and deliveries are perhaps not going to be able to handle it. And then there comes the mentality of trying to slow everything down and stay within oneself and repeat your mechanics. And 
I don't know where the disconnect is on that on that level, but they've got to figure it out, and we'll see what happens. But it's not Caleb Killian. The Cubs this morning have optioned Caleb Killian back to AAA, and they've called up Ryan Barucki, the left-hander, former Blue Jay, the cousin of our friend Nick Shepkowski. Shep's super excited. Shep's got to be excited. Shep, it's for you, buddy. Ryan Barucki's here as a lefty reliever with no Brandon Hughes. Barucki now the only lefty in that bullpen. Along with Mark Leiter Jr., yeah, Leiter, who the they use show. to go against lefties. Thank you so much to Mark Carrick from The Athletic. Thank you so much to all the callers and the listeners for our first hour of White Sox processing. And thank you so much for uh, Sean Sears for producing and for uh, Ruben Spiegel for being our associate producer. Did I just say that Pat Hughes and Ron Santo have the call? I'm wrong. It's Ron Coomer. I didn't catch that, Yeah, but that's thank funny. you. I'd like to thank the textures for listening. Glad <laughs> they're on the ball here. <laughs> Pat and Ron, man. That's all I need to say. I just got just to gotta be careful. Damn it. Felt so good about the show. And now I've given Chris Tannehill and Danny Parkins ammunition. It's ridiculous. See you tomorrow for Parkins and Spiegel. Cubs baseball is next here on 670 The Score. It's unbelievable. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fees 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Well, it really is. It's a disheartening situation we're in right now. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allow 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.